there is something delicious about writing the first words of a story. You never quite know where they'll take you. I hold that a strongly marked personality can influence descendants for generations. Believe there is a great power silently working all things for good. Behave yourself and never mind the rest. These are all quotes from Miss Beatrix Potter, the star of the show today on Based, Biased, or BS. Hello, and welcome to the podcast where two best friends tell one true story. My name is Zach. And I'm Maddie. And this is Based, Biased, or BS. Beatrix. I'm sorry, I just had to, I had to throw in some alliteration. <laughs> but before if we get there. If there's an extra B, you have to. I know. But before we get there, first we have to talk about the fact that we have been talking for an hour already. Stop it. We've already been talking for an hour because Mm -hmm. the weirdest thing happened today. The weirdest. (laughs) And if you are, if you are a scientist or an electrician or an Apple care employee, please let us know what's happening because today we tried to start our podcast all cheerful and chipper. All norm and happy, not a care in the world. Audio level's perfect. Everything's set. Except for one thing. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't My headphones. hear Decker. My headphones were working perfectly fine. I could hear Miss Madison Moran perfectly. <laughs> the second he put his headphones in and his phone was attached, I heard nothing. Nothing. My microphone wasn't working at all. Except sometimes she would make me laugh as she does, as she's according to do. (laughs) And I would jiggle my little head because I can't keep still when I laugh. And all of a sudden there is a sound. (laughs) And I thought, this man's pranking me and he can't hold it in anymore. And he's letting it out when he laughs. Did you just think I was like mouthing the whole time? Yes. (laughs) I thought you were mouthing for so long. No, never. I never mouthed once. Let me just say that with my right hand. The jiggle of his laugh, (laughs) moving his body, caused his his AirPods to move in his head, and that reconnected the microphone somehow. (laughs) And so when I then we were like, okay, maybe if I jiggle my head like back and forth like this, maybe you can hear me doing it while I do it. But I'm, I'm like, I can't do the whole podcast. But jiggling. I could hear him finally crystal clear. If he shook his head like a maniac, I could understand him. <laughs> so I took the AirPods out of my ear, gave him a shook and a shake, put him back in my ear, and, and everything was fine. We were looking online. We were Googling. We were cleaning. We were... <laughs> scheduling possible re rescheduling re- ourselves yeah <laughs> and all it took was a shake all it took was a shake so, so explain that to me why if we shake it does it work and is it dangerous <laughs> for him to wear it in his ears and spoiler alert we recorded an episode before this and then when we came back they didn't work again <laughs> and i had to again. shake them and, then <laughs> and they now worked. they work what is that? <laughs> I can't. It's like when people try to explain religion to me. It doesn't comprehend. It is above my brain power. It doesn't work. How would that ever fix something? Me shaking them fixed just my microphone, but I could hear you the whole time. Yeah, that was the confusing th- part. If if everything wasn't working, I feel I would understand. Right. But- they were just broken. Yeah. So we have to stop talking about it because yeah. obviously, me and you, we're not going to figure it out. No, we're but not. But if you have something to say to me, listener or Apple, let me know. And maybe it's a sign we just need new headphones. <laughs> <laughs> which, speaking of which, it, I never have mentioned this on the podcast because it's like we're not really here to plug that. 
I think. But you can support our podcast on each episode. I think only on Spotify. There's a little link oh, that you can yeah. send us like a little tip for an episode. If you ever interested in that. <laughs> so I can get new headphones that I don't have to shake every time. Yeah, he just wiped his brow. <laughs> wiped the sweat <laughs> from his brow. Oh, nervous plug, nervous plug. Anyway, okay. can let's we get talk to the moment the of the hour? Because you haven't texted me at all about this movie. Lately, you've been texting me during the movie watchings, and I've heard nothing. So yeah. I'm nervous. <laughs> you should be. Oh, God. First, uh, I have Ms. an apology. Potter. Because oh, yeah. I did call her Mrs. Potter yeah. in the last ep, and that was wrong. Yeah. She is it Miss wouldn't, Potter. It wouldn't have been that wrong if the entire movie wasn't about her being unwed. Yeah. So I did a pretty <laughs> big naughty there. That's okay, though. We're going to get it right every time here. You ready for yes. some film facts? I'm so ready for some film facts. Yay. Good. Because I have them. Miss Potter. I'd never heard of this movie. Me Had either. you? Okay. <laughs> never is a British biographical film mm-hmm. that tells the story, we've already mentioned her, of Beatrix Potter. Yes. She's not from, she's not the sister of Harry, let me say. Not the sister of Harry. <laughs> the Potter magical family is not involved not, in this story. No. Even though they're British. Yeah. And also. obviously if you're British and have a Potter last name, you're related. <laughs> You're probably related. Sarcasm, sarcasm, sarcasm. So Beatrix Potter is a famed author and illustrator. Even though you might not know her by name, you probably have read her stories. And in mm-hmm. this film, she is played by the one and only Renee Zellweger. We've seen her before. Uh, Yeah, we have multiple, multiple movies. Yeah. There's she was a lot in of Moulin Mar- Rouge. Moulin Rouge. Judy. Judy. Is that all for us? Maybe. But three's still a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the cast of this film? I know another actor that is in this movie (laughs) that I'm like, sir, do you do anything but biographicals? Okay. We'll get there. Can we talk about it? I just didn't know if you, if, I didn't know if you knew he was in it. I did find that out and was like, the heck? Yeah. So we'll get to it in a second. Even though it's Renee Zellweger, at the beginning of the film's production, Kate Blanchett was set to play the role. But it took a while for this film to get started, and ultimately another one of Kate Blanchett's films was greenlit before mm. this one, so she dropped out. Okay. And so I was given the stunning Renee Zellweger. Not complaining. She was actually approached with the idea of this film by her forever co-star, it feels like, and I guess friend of the pod, say it. Ewan McGregor. (laughs) Ewan McGregor. Again. Have we ever done a movie without him? Have we ever done a limited series series without him? Well, no. (laughs) Literally, no. (laughs) He's everywhere on this pod. We love him. He's he's. Can we call him our pod daddy? Well, do we want to call him that if one day we have a goal of him coming on the pod? Because I think that's a clear goal that's now been set for us. We didn't mean to set it, but I think in the movies we've chosen, it now is thrust upon us as a goal. A forever goal. I would love to have him on the pod. If you know him, get our pod daddy on the pod. just let him know that we're... We're kind of doing an Ewan McGregor podcast occasionally with some other (laughs) movies thrown in, but it's pretty much about him. It's really (laughs) just highlighting his beautiful career. So, spoiler alert, he approaches Renee Zellweger with this film Mm -hmm. while they are filming another film together. Okay. I didn't write down the name of it. I it's probably biographical. I was as gonna well. say it. <laughs> I was gonna ask. <laughs> if you need a refresher, Ewan McGregor also stars in Moulin Rouge with Renee Zellweger, our inaugural episode. And the impossible. And he's in the impossible. <laughs> and he's in Halston. <laughs> so this time though, he plays uh, Mr. Norman Wayne. Oh, okay. The eager, 
Oh, okay. The eager first-time publisher in his family business. Okay. She's nodding. In preparation for the film, McGregor actually traveled to the current-day Warren Publishing House. Okay. He's a man of research. He's a man of... Yes. Of reality. actor prepares. prepares. (laughs) (laughs) I love him. Is he... Maybe I should know this. Is he Australian? No, British. I think British. We need to look that up. We've said a lot of wrong things. Like, I was really wrong about occupational therapy. <laughs> you were? Yeah. Oh, another thing we were not oh, wrong about, no. but that we, <laughs> what? That we should maybe address. Scottish, Charles? Scottish, Scottish. He's Scottish. He's Scottish. I'm so glad you looked it up. Me too. If We've always Scottish. had Google at my fingertips. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we've just never saw on on we've never saw that possibility for us yeah oh another thing we kind of didn't get wrong but did get wrong charles Lindbergh. our apology yeah. to him yeah we don't owe him an apology we don't uh, no i learned that he was a full nazi yeah oh so unrelated <laughs> unrelated to this whatsoever oh Unrelated to this whatsoever. We're not Nazi sympathizers. (laughs) You don't even have to say that. But we retract our apology to Charles Lindbergh. We don't care. I'm glad I were an astronaut or a pilot. Who cares? Who cares? (laughs) You know what I do care about? Ewan McGregor. Yeah, Ewan, the Scottish actor. The Scot, the famed Scottish actor. So remember, he does his research. He traveled to the publishing yeah, that's house. How this all started. <laughs> also, <laughs> also, actual letters between Beatrix and Norman were available for the film and the actors to study. Yeah, she's she, not to spoil anything. She is a letter writer. Okay, <laughs> she did a lot of writing of letters. Yeah. Another fun thing that's actually used from actual Beatrix Potter in the movie are her initial drawings. They are taken, they were from at a museum, I didn't write it down, but they were used in scanned. Victoria and Albert? Yes. They were, (laughs) someone's done some research. (laughs) (laughs) They were scanned and used in visual effects for the movie, which I'll talk about in a bit. Ooh, Yes. Um, there's actually no records of Beatrix Potter's voice, speaking voice. Mm. So they kind of had to have a little creative liberties. With those creative liberties, I kind of think didn't think you would talk about this, so stop me if you do. Okay. Her voice in the movie is different than what historically that type of woman in that area would talk yeah. like. I don't have anything to say about that, but that makes sense. Okay. Okay. They were like this type of aristocratic or like higher society woman would have a high pitched kind of squeaky British, like annoying proper British accent. They no, they literally said, and it would annoy the modern day watchers. So Mm. we gave her a softer, still like proper British because she's American, even though I thought she wasn't. She is not Beatrix. Um, yeah, Renee, Renee Zellweger is. Yeah, she she's from Texas. That she was Australian. The Australian one is Nicole Kidman. Mm, okay, yeah. blonde. That's blonde. the connector. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. This is a little. Don't don't forget. We started today shaking my AirPods. Okay. Yeah, so there's yeah. no there's there's no there's rules. A, it's a chaos day, and we're fine with it, <laughs> and you're fine with it. Yeah, so get on board, please. Okay, I have one last fun fact for us all. You have what? (laughs) (laughs) You know you made a word up when you spoke. (laughs) Fun fact. (laughs) Okay. Hmm. The film was directed by Chris Noonan. And this was his first film in 10 years. His last film. His name sounds kind of familiar, but I don't know if that's real or not. He's a pretty, like, famous director. Okay. Okay. His last film before this 
was Babe. Pig one? Yeah, the pig one. Oh, that's why I know it. (laughs) And when I heard that, I was like, that fits. This movie has Babe energy. Yeah, so remember when I was like, I want to give you a gentle one after the swimmers? This is what I thought I was giving you with Philomena, and I didn't. So this yeah. is this is the okay. gentle I was looking to give, okay. I think. I understand. Philomena did come. Uh, that is true. I came at <laughs> Philomena with an innocence and an open heart, and it I attacked me. I set you me. up for failure. It did attack me. This I, one, yeah. I was like waiting for the plot for something to happen yeah the floor to drop out from under me someone to be like scheming to steal her paintings or something i was waiting for the plot twist okay it, there wasn't one no so um babe remember when we were talking about babe? yeah <laughs> um this director he reportedly waited for many years until he finally came across a script that inspired him and that oh. was this film I think I also realized, I was like, oh, I, I align I, a lot of ideals with Beatrix Potter. I just like, mm-hmm. as we go, I, I, as I learned about her, I was like, oh, if I lived in that time, I could see myself like having a life like where Similar I. to hers. Yes. Or just like point of view. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. That's more not having a life like that. And we'll get to why, but. So yeah, her life was extreme. I have one more cast yeah. member to introduce. Um playing Millie Varn. Okay. I don't know who. Okay. She's in the movie Um Norman's Sister. Got it. And she's playing by an actress named Emily Watson. Oh. When I initially looked at the IMDB page for this movie quickly, I said, Ooh, Emma Watson, okay. And I watched the movie waiting for Emma Watson the whole time. Like she was, you had like me when I was waiting for Beyonce the whole time. (laughs) But Emma Watson was never in the movie. What? The actress, her name is Emily Watson. It's a different. That is rough. It's a different woman. It's Emily Watson or she goes by. No. It's Emily Watson the whole time. And I read it when I read as it as Emma, Emma Watson. I was like, oh, Emma Watson, Renee Zellweger, Ewan McGregor. Great. You had a Deckerism moment. Yeah. And I was waiting <laughs> for her the whole time. And I was like, where's Emma Watson? <laughs> so I just wanted to highlight the brilliant actress, Emily Watson. Okay. Was she good? Who plays Millie Varn. She was very good. Yeah. Oh, okay. She was like her best friend, also unmarried. Okay. Got it. Well, so that's what I've got for you. Okay. Well, I, I've got obviously a tale to tell. I would love to hear it about um, a special woman. But first, I'm curious. So I, I remember reading the tale of Peter Rabbit in elementary school, but mm-hmm. I like didn't remember why it was just him, his siblings, and his mom. And for those who don't know or remember, Peter's dad went into Mr. McGregor's garden and got put into a pie. Yes. Which, to be honest, is a pretty adult theme for a children's book. Yes. But that's just kind of how Beatrix wrote. So as you were watching the movie, did you recognize any of the books? Or like, were there things brought up that you were like, oh, I've read that. I've seen that. Um, yes, I definitely know like Peter Rabbit Mm -hmm. and I think I've read the book when I was like a child or had the book read to me. The other characters that she talks about, I had never really heard of. Same. If I can also add one thing to what you said about the, the pie and that being extreme. Yeah. There was a common theme in the movie of... There was actual like kids around her and when they were punished, they were like, if you don't get into bed now, the fairy monster is going to come in and steal you in the night. So Mm, there was, even by the adults, there was like kind of like threatening with magic and someone's going to steal you. If your clothes are dirty, you'll be snatched in the forest. Right. And that's just, and that's like a theme throughout all her writing. Yeah. Well, she wouldn't say it. It wouldn't be her. It would be like an older lady. I feel like it's 
feels extreme now, but being baked in a pie, I think back then in the 1900s, early. It's just like a phrase you would Yeah. Say. They were a little bit more into scaring children, I think. Understood, understood. Let's let's get to know Miss Potter, shall we? Please. Helen Beatrix Potter is born July 28th, 1866 in South Kensington, London, to Helen and Rupert Potter. So, Helen, she is born Helen, to, and her mom's okay. name is Helen. Ugh. I know. I hate when it's boys too, though. Like I hate when I it's hate like it. I'm I Michael, it you're Michael, we're Michael. We're all we're a fam. Here's the Michaels. We're all Michael. I hate yeah, it. I just said that because that's my dad's name. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have any of them in my family. But I always feel bad for someone I meet. There was a dude that I went to high school with. I don't remember his last name, but his first name was Lester, and his oh. last he had like the third, so he was Lester something the third. People. I was like, this you can choose man a sounds new like name. a British king. Weird. Well, don't worry. They didn't do that for her younger brother because his name is Bertram. Yes. <laughs> I met him as well. And her her family's pretty well off because her parents inherited money from the Lancashire cotton industry. Mm, okay. So that's where their money comes from. A trade. Yes. If I might add. That is a trade. Yes. It's good that you added that. So <laughs> Helen and Rupert were often pursuing uh, their own rich people passions, which okay. was visiting people and photography, respectively. <laughs> so Okay. Yeah. That- the mom was very social lady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And dad is. So dad was a trained um, barrister. Like level in which is is a level in like the law world. Oh yes, it's yes there. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but he never practiced as like a lawyer, even though he could, because he was pursuing his art and photography passions. So that's what Dad's doing. Which means that Beatrix, as she was soon known by, was mostly raised by a series of governesses. Hmm. Governesses. What are those? Are those Basic, the old ladies that were always around? Yes. Yes. Ugh, that basically like are like your chaperone and they teach you <gasps> and they yeah. make sure you're doing like they're your mom's second set of eyes. Yeah. She always had an old lady following her named Mrs. Miss Wiggin. But I didn't under ever understand what that was. Yeah. They were the people who raised her essentially because her parents okay. were off doing their own things. They're called what again? Um, governesses. Governesses. So I have a governess. It's hard because I'm trying to say the plural. Like you had that yeah. issue with muddy waters. So <laughs> a governess. A governess. Multiple governesses. Governess. Okay. I'm not. Yeah. Okay. So she, uh, Beatrix, it has like a pretty lonely life in regards to people so- socialization, which kind of spurs her already natural interest and talent for painting drawing and sketching something that she can do on her own so she was quite shy on the outside but she wrote down all of her thoughts in secret code in a diary whoa yeah which gives her lots of practice as a writer though her family lived in london beatrix loved i can't let you leave that (laughs) Do you know what kind of code it, or anything? Yes, I'm going to talk more about the code oh, okay. later. Okay, okay, sorry. So I'm guessing like, there's nothing a about a hidden se- language. There I need to no- know more. There was nothing about secret code in the movie. No, nothing. Interesting. Yeah, nope. so she kept a diary from the age of 14 till about the age of 30, all in secret code. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Whoa. that gave her a lot of practice as a writer, mm-hmm. and that's where she wrote all of her thoughts down. As opposed to being like sharing her opinions with the world. Yeah. So for a while, people thought she was just this like quiet, quiet. shy illustrator, yeah. author. But she really so, has this like active mind. She's just. Yes. Communicates yes. differently. Exactly. Though her family lived in London, Beatrix loved being among nature and on their yearly summer trips to the countryside in Scotland and the Lake District, she got to draw it to her heart's content. Yeah. Just we got flashbacks to the summer at mm. the Lake District. And what did it look like? 
She was chasing around bunnies with her brother and yes. sketching them in a book. And then she mm-hmm. would be like, oh, there's a frog over there. Let's go catch the frog. Mm-hmm. And then just like chasing all of the different wildlife that she didn't get to see in London. Yes. And so then her and her brother, Bertram, would bring these animals home for pets. Yeah. So they had rabbits. They had mice. They had bats. They even had a hedgehog. Yeah. They did that yeah. hedgehog. And Bertram, I don't know if you have this, was a little bit more into like the insects. And so he had like those mm. more like display boxes where you would like puncture them with the little needle thing. Yes. And Beatrix always hated that. Oh, she did? Interesting. Yeah, she was like, don't hurt them. <gasps> okay, well, that's not friends. true. Oh. She, both of them had like a fascination in nature, but they also both like if their pets died, they would like stuff them so they could keep the Mm. carcasses or they would like boil the bones so that they could investigate them. Like they were very fascinated and curious by all aspects of nature and life, which I found pretty interesting, especially for a girl at that time. Yeah. Probably not acceptable for a PG movie though. No, not acceptable Boiling hamster bones or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or a hedgehog. Don't talk about Mm. it. I'd cry. Um, (laughs) So these pets would become the subject of her writings later on. But first, they were the stars of a letter written to her governess's son named Noel Moore. Noel Moore. Noel. <laughs> what a horrible name. No Noel. more. No more. <laughs> well, and how do you pronounce N-O-E-L? Noel or Noel? Yeah, good question. I don't know. I think Depends both. how French you are. I, something. Something. Depends on how close it is to Christmas. Beatrix wrote to him about her pet at the time, Benjamin Bunny, who had met a wild bunny in the garden. And one year later, in 1893, Beatrix wrote to him again. Darn it. My dear Noel, I don't know (laughs) what to write. (laughs) My dear Noel, I don't know what to write to you, so I shall tell you a story about four little rabbits whose names were Flopsy, Mopsy, Cottontail, and Peter. This became a long series of letters which Noel's mother suggested Beatrix should turn into a book. And she did. Yay. But before we get there, we need to get to Mm. know Beatrix the scientist. What? Did you not meet Beatrix the scientist? (laughs) I met Beatrix the illustrator and the author. Okay. This kind of goes under the illustrator umbrella. Okay. So, yes, she was a scientist. Her love of nature went further than just wanting to record it in drawings. So Beatrix's uncle let her use his microscope and various other scientific equipment that allowed her to analyze and inspect insects and animals, which Mm. I think you kind of touched on the brother being interested in that, but she was as well. Okay. When she turned 21, Beatrix began studying real-life fungi and drawing extremely detailed versions of them. Whoa. She was a biologist. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, on that note, one of her drawings actually showed that lichens, which are a common type of fungi found on rocks and trees, were actually two different organisms living together a fungi, and an algae. And she was the first British person to recognize this fact, and it formulated her theory of symbiosis. Now, I will tell you what that is, but I have a feeling none of this was in the movie. No. I think it's lichen, if I'm allowed. That's the only thing Yes, I was was going to correct myself. Yes, I was going to correct myself. It might be lichen. That's that's all I understood. I was like, oh, wait, I know that word. But all the other words, I was like, what? So what at, at how old? At 21 she started studying this and then over the course of 13 years she makes this discovery. So symbiosis wow. is where two different organisms live together yeah. and each benefit from the other in some way. So in a basic explanation, <clears throat> the fungus would get water and minerals for both the both itself and the algae and then the algae converted the sunlight into nourishment through photosynthesis so the two could function together that way mm-hmm. and the but whole time everyone else thought it was one organism one organism itself. correct she's like actually there's two people and here. she figured that out by drawing these extremely detailed mm. 
pictures of the organisms and then being like, wait, but do you see how this is not one thing? That's crazy. I know. Isn't that incredible? Incredible. Right. So it, like I said, it took her 13 years to complete her research and, and she also wrote a paper on her discoveries. But when she was finally done, she couldn't get any botanists to even look at it because she's a what? Woman. Woman. Aww. Mm-hmm. What? What the heck? She at one point was able to present her work at the, I'm going to say this wrong, Linnaean okay. Society of British Scientists when her uncle got involved. Oh. So Beatrix submitted her paper, but she was not actually allowed to read it because once again, she was a woman. And they only allowed men at their meetings. What? Do you have a year for us? What year is this? This is about to be... This is like 19... Um, or I'm sorry. This is like 1898. Okay. This reception from the scientific community is what a few of the sources I found have said led to her leaning more into writing and illustrating books. So... Hmm... In 1901. That's sad because... I, I know. Sounds, like, it's not sad because we get an also amazing story and, like, career from her, but she obviously had so much she could have taught us all. I know. And what an, what an incredible combination of passions of being like, I'm so fascinated by nature, I have the and also I have the talent and ability to illustrate it and recreate it to a degree mm-hmm. that we can see things about things we thought have been true and like yeah. rediscover I, I don't i know that's this not the right really way to say it this is really reminding but... me of there's an episode of the podcast ologies mm-hmm. that is about an anatomist who mm. is kind of exactly what she probably would have ended up being in current day cuz she talks a lot about like drawing all the time as a kid and that kind of spurs her like even in her career now as an anatomist in present day, that's what she does is like draw wow. organisms close up so they can better understand it. It's now 1901 and Beatrix Potter self-publishes her illustrated story, The Tale of Peter Rabbit, mm-hmm. which was a hard sell for publishers. Okay. Did they touch on that at all in the movie or not? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We started in 1902. Okay. Mainly, it's a hard sell because Beatrix is adamant that the price stay low. A children's book shouldn't be something only adults could reasonably afford in her eyes. And she also wanted the book to be physically smaller so a child could comfortably hold it. Since in her mind, that's her audience. And that like really makes me respect her as an author because and as an artist, because you're really thinking about your target audience, which is children Mm -hmm. who are not people who have like spent purchasing power typically yeah Yeah. and then she's still putting their the comfort above profit which is just not something i feel like most artists or not artists but authors do anymore right Yeah. yeah and she cared a lot more about the experience of her product that the customers were gonna get than like her how much money she would get from it she really did not care about the money yes but that character is very much ringing true in the movie. She was said those kind of exact things. It has to be small and it has to be specifically she wanted black and white illustrations at first because that would make it cheaper. Mm. But she learns that there's other options for her. One year later, Beatrix is 36 and she gets published through Frederick, Warren and Co., and they put out an abridged version, also in color, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was a huge and instant success. Yeah. So you want to tell me anything about I don't <laughs> about what's happened so far in the movie? Yeah. So we start with this meeting of her meeting the Warren Publishing Company. Okay. So we kind of get from her walking in that she's been to a lot of these before and she keeps saying that she's going to meet her friends in this meeting, go with her friends to this meeting. She meets them. Obviously at first they're like, we don't want this book. 
the pictures are too intricate and it's not going to work. Like, children can't buy it, so why would a parent ever buy their kid a book? Mm -hmm. But one of them is like, secretly after the meeting, he goes, I think this would be a great project for Norman, who is one of their brothers who is newer to the company. And so that's mm. why they agree to to publish her book. Okay. And it is in color correct. Yeah. She wants it in black and white at first because she wants it to be cheap. And then they're like, no, there's new ways to make the ink. And it's just as cheap. And she's pretty involved in that process. Interesting. To like get the colors just right. She's like, no, this is too muddy. It wants, she wants it to look like her watercolor. Watercolor. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like I said, the book is a pretty big success, and the publisher Mm -hmm. wants more. And she delivers with the tale of Squirrel Nutkin. (gasps) Squirrel Nutkin. Yeah, and the tailor of uh, Gloucester. 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 Kate. The spelling is hard. I know the I did spelling look it is up. different. I looked it up and I even wrote phonetic and I didn't trust the phonetic. No, I think you said it pretty good. Gloucester. Once you corrected me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I want to focus on something else, which is I had to please. see what the tale of Squirrel Nutkin was about. Because oh, please. I'm so glad. That name. And it is a tale for the ages. Like, okay. I, I had to, at one point I was like, am I reading this whole story right now? What's happening? <laughs> So Nutkin is a rude little squirrel who cannot stop singing riddles and going against the grain. And he pays for it in the end. I'll leave it Uh. at that. (laughs) So. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm so enticed. Should we do a Beatrix Potter? Wait, should should we do a Beatrix Potter pod where we just read the stories she wrote and do voices for all the little animals? (laughs) It would be so cute. It would be cute. What would your squirrel? I would have to work on my squirrel voice. You would be Nutkin. Yeah, you would be Nutkin for sure. And I'd be all the other good little squirrels who bring all the correct things to the brown owl. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyway, I could talk all day about Nutkin, and that is how the squirrel is referred to in the book. I love it. Okay, so back on track. We met a lot of characters. I didn't meet Nutkin, though. How could you not meet Nutkin? He's iconic. Do you have anything anyway, about Tiggy Winkle? I didn't write about Tiggy Winkle, but <laughs> um, I that think that might. I think that that was yeah. I did learn about. I learned about a Tiggy Winkle, but I didn't <laughs> write it down because I was like, I'm already talking about Nutkin. I can't also be talking Tiggy Winkles. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. There was also a Jemima the Goose. Oh, I will get to her, and she's a uh, duck. Oh, <laughs> but <laughs> so. she's a duck. My um, bad, my bad. I'm sorry, Jemima. Well, so Beatrix patented all of her characters. That's why I know. Mm. After she introduced them to the world, and you can actually find some interesting relics at the Victoria and Albert Museum, like a Peter the Rabbit teapot and board game. Oh, wow. And some other, there are other random things. I can't remember what they are now in this moment, but okay. basically she was also able to make some money off of those characters. Maybe I should add, in yeah. the movie... Beatrix, her drawings come to life when Mm. she's really getting into the creative mode. So I did not get the pleasure of seeing Nutkin come to life. Okay. But Peter Rabbit or this goose that we're about to talk about would start to like... If you call her a goose again, I swear to God. Sorry. She's a duck. (laughs) Jemima Puddle Duck. Would start to like look at her from the page and animate or interact with what was happening in the scene. Is this a children's movie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, fully. So we kind of got to see her creative process and how she would like develop the stories because she would watch them on the page Mm. and then be like, yeah, of course. The good squirrels give the nuts to the owls because I watched it on the page. Like that kind of thing. That's how her creative mind happened. It was cool. I love that. And speaking of love. Yes. Beatrix found it while mm-hmm. writing her first few books with Norman, the editor. Yeah. She was e- in Ewan her 30s. McGregor. Yeah. Ewan McGregor. 
She was in her 30s, very near her 40s. I think she was like 39, actually, by the time they got together. Um, okay. But she was still living with her parents, who did not approve of Norman, because he was a Tradesman. trade worker. Oh, tradesman. Oh, trade worker. What'd you a say? A tradie. I said trades worker, and you okay. said tradesman, and I tried to flip it, and then you flipped it. Anyway, yeah, we basically you get said it. We were correct. He's a trade. Yeah, he's a trade worker. Below them. As opposed to the inherited wealth that they had. They wanted Beatrix to stay home and take care of them. Mm-hmm. Also, they didn't want her to leave home. Yeah. But that was not going to happen. And when Norman asked for her hand in marriage, she immediately said yes. Yay. Yep. Yes. And that happened. Did you see that? Yeah, he proposes. She takes a second. She was like, what did you just say? And then runs away and then goes and talks to Millie, who's his sister. And is because they've been like, buddy, buddy, like we're unwed. Let's be women together. She asks basically, is it okay if I marry him? And she goes, I would be so mad. Millie says, I would be so mad if you gave up this opportunity for just someone like me or something. A man loves you. You have to go and chase it or something like that. Scripted. There is a lot of love parts and like you're a single woman, so you can't do anything in society. Yeah. That until is until she meets Norman. That is a big aspect for her. And then we have some issues because not long after their engagement, Norman becomes seriously ill extremely quickly. Yeah. What the heck was that about? Beatrix was on vacation with her family when when he passed and she was unable to make it back to him in time. I couldn't find an exact illness that he passed from. One of the sources said leukemia, some Mm. another something possibly blood or just cancer related in general. But I couldn't find an exact trusted what happened. But he did get sick and and he did die. So. The kind of plot line there was the parents obviously hated Norman, like we yes. said. Yeah. And they were like, we're going to take a summer away back mm-hmm. to the Lake District. And if you're still feeling like this, when we get back, you can marry him. I don't know if that exact thing happened, but she was on one of her lake vacations. When While engaged. Yes, Exactly. Yeah, they just said that he had a cough that got worse really quickly. Mm. But she did miss everything. Yeah, exactly that. With her heart crushed, Beatrix throws herself back to her old love, nature. (laughs) I was like, wait, is there another man? No, No, nature. By now, Beatrix had six of her books published, and she had the money to prove it. So in 1905, she bought Hilltop Farm. Speaking of money, yes, I, there is a cool moment where she visits the bank, mm-hmm. and she would because this is when she's wondering, do it? Can I buy a house? Can I move away from my parents, even if yeah. I'm not married? She talks to the bank, and she's like, "Is that possible to like purchase a house in this area, or an estate, or something like that? It's okay if it's small, like just for my first little house." And he goes, "Oh, ma'am." You have enough money to buy many, many estates. And she had no idea that she was rich. She knew her books were popular because people were like talking to her about it, but she didn't really know. It was just all going into the bank. She never really saw it. She just lived off her parents. Mm. And then she goes to the bank and they're like, yeah, you're the most popular author in the country. (laughs) Like you're rich. Right. And then she has all this freedom she didn't even know she had. She's rich enough to buy Hilltop Farm, which is a 34-acre property. Wow. Yeah. And it becomes the inspiration for the rest of her 23 children's tales that she will end up writing. Okay. Now, can I enter into the chat? Have you seen the 2018 Peter Rabbit animated live film? No. I have, randomly. You have? (laughs) The man who hates A, cartoons... Yeah, some cartoons. Most cartoons. Well, keep keep that in mind. Anyway, and you liked it? Well, I remember specific things. And then I had to look it up while I was watching this movie. 
the woman character in that movie is the character is named B, like B E A. It looks just like this hilltop farm, like the setting of where Peter yeah. Rabbit is and everything. It looks just like this place. This okay. like cottage with the the garden out front. Yeah, because she would also like sketch her garden as part of her books. Oh yeah, I mean that also. makes sense. She's yeah. just looking out at what's mm-hmm. around her. And some of the other books you might have heard of include The Tale of Jemima Puddle Duck. A duck? How could anyone ever think it was a goose? Ever. Ever is in the name. <laughs> the Tale of Tom Kitten. Oh. And the Tale of Samuel Whiskers, who's a rat. Oh. And wants to put Tom Kitten in a pie. <laughs> she loves those pies. She loves those pies. Where did the movie end timeline-wise for you? We're getting there. Okay, because my next fact happens in 1909. 1909. Um, yeah, we kind of end with her meeting Mr. Helis. Okay. reuniting. Yes. And Her lawyer friend. Yes. And then we kind of end with that as she's getting more land okay that's a perfect segue actually because in 1909 beatrix buys castle farm okay to add to her properties and in 1913 she marries her solicitor also known as a lawyer william helis william helis yeah yeah and the two of them move to castle cottage while hilltop remains beatrix's workplace okay like imagine that it's so pretty like the most pretty like clearing in a foresty cottage straight out of like snow white image it's beautiful it's still somewhere that people can go today actually a lot of Mm. hikers go there but before we get to that in 1919 she helped set up a nursing trust for the local surrounding villages in her area by purchasing a house and a car for the nurse to use cute in 1927, Beatrix redraws and sells 50 Peter Rabbit illustrations for the National Trust to save the Windmere Lake frontage, which is part of her property and being pursued by, pursued by developers. Mm. That was common. She was fighting developers, too, because to, yeah, they wanted nature, this beautiful baby. land. Yeah. She yeah. was like, keep it all green. Yeah. In 1930, The Tale of Little Pig Robinson became Beatrix's last little book to be published, and Beatrix really pivots to farm life after okay. that. So she... Le- <laughs> she really nailed it. She like said, yeah. how do I make the best life possible? Here I go. Yeah. She leans into being Mrs. Helis, and her sheep become her pride and joy. Aww. Her Herdwick sheep were some of the finest in the country, in fact, she was voted the first female president at the annual general <laughs> meeting of the Herdwick Sheep Breeders Association what? in 1943. What? Wow. Devastatingly, before she could become president, Beatrix catches bronchitis. <gasps> oh, no. And in combination with some heart-related problems, she passes away at 77 with her husband by her side. Before she could ever take the throne? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's sad. She won the vote, though. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah. So Beatrix left her 4,000 acres of land and 14 working farms to the National Trust, which is a charity and membership organization that focuses on conservation in England, Wales, and Northern Ireland. Mm -hmm. And when William dies two years later, his combined properties of... 4,000 acres, 17 farms, and eight cottages were also given to the National Trust. Wow. So our little little girl got a happy ending. Yeah, she did. nature girl. There's a moment at the very end of the movie with Mr. Helis, because it's kind of like, wow, she's going to move on already. She's falling in love. But he, I don't know if you found anything about this. They knew each other when they were like kids. I didn't find anything on that. Okay. They say like he grew up in that lake area and then he grew up to be a lawyer in that area doing like real estate stuff. So yeah, because he was helping her with acquiring more properties as well. Yeah. And when they first start like 
the relationship turns a little bit more flirty and they start like going on a couple dates. He Mm -hmm. goes and sees Hilltop Farm for the first time since she moved in. And he's like in awe of how beautiful it is. He walks in and sees all of her drawings and everything. And she's like, okay, one second, I'm going to go get ready for, or finish getting ready, whatever. She leaves him in there and he goes up to the drawings and is like talking to Peter Rabbit and talking Mm. to some of her different characters that she calls her friends. Just like she kind of does. It doesn't ever show them moving for him, but she pops back in and like catches him talking to the drawings just like she does. And it's a moment of like, this is the one. Oh, someone gets me. He yeah. gets it. He gets it. Yeah. Because everyone I always was that. like, your friends. Who are your friends? Why are you? You don't have friends. Her mom right. would say that. So when her diary was decoded by a super fan, yeah, which is really kind of what happened. Tell me about this. It opened up the gates for who Beatrix was. So like this person spent literal years trying to figure out what these combinations of letters and phrases meant. Wow. And eventually he found some Roman numeral with, I think it was like her talking about either like Louis VIII or one, some king that had Roman numerals in his his name helped him like decode what those Roman numerals were. And then he figured out what some other word was that had eight letters in it and like four of them were vowels and that was he was like okay now i can decode oh yeah because especially that like she's been saying if you know the name okay you found the roman numerals mm-hmm. now a name before has to be a king's name so you can go exactly through. exactly fit so they or this queen. like kind of opened up like oh she has all these opinions people thought she was just this like quiet artist who mm-hmm. loved nature but no she had all these opinions and thoughts and had a pretty clear point of view with how she felt about nature and the world and like yeah. I, you said like that whole thing about she was like I know I, I don't care about the money and she had so much money she could purchase as much land as she wanted yeah it's also cool because like her passion for drawing was always consistent in her life even when it started with science and then morphed into more art and literature and just seeing how that kind of was consistent throughout her life. I think you said there was some specific profession you thought she would end up being, but that was something I was wondering. I'm like, what would she have done if the science community had let her be in it? Yeah. Like an anatomist. That's what I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so I did feel a little bit weird researching diary decoding with some sources saying it mostly was probably to like, keep her mom out Mm. because her mom wanted this prim proper quiet daughter yeah and someone to stay at home and take care of them and she didn't want to do that so i don't know because as someone who has a diary i'm like i don't write it with the intention of anyone ever reading it reading it exactly yeah so i don't know i'm kind of on the fence about that and there's even an excerpt in beatrix's diary saying quote no one will read this end quote Mm. so it's like oh did we need to do that i don't know overall i did love learning about her and like how misunderstood to the world she was too just because of i think the time she was born in yeah the costumes and the setting was all 1900s but her Mm -hmm. attitude and the things she was talking about were very current day yeah concerned about the environment and wanting to have her own things and be independent and not rely on her parents or a man man yeah they were shocked that she even wanted to go to the bank by herself to like check out her finances gross yeah so we get an epilogue text that's like they get married we also get one that says that beatrix donated four thousand acres of farmland did you say that already? Yes. Oh, okay. she did. My bad. She was like, this will not go to a corporation. This will go nope. back to the people. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also like, how do you not want to preserve the thing that is literally your inspiration? Yeah. All your little so, friends and characters. Yeah. That's who she grew up with. True. They are her friends. Yeah, they are. <laughs> 
Hey, little friends. Now I'll never look at Peter Rabbit the same way. I wouldn't say Peter Cottontail. That's different, right? That's different. I did okay. try to... I was like, is Peter Cottontail also Peter Rabbit? <laughs> but then I saw the like flopsy, mopsy Cottontail and whatever the last oh, yeah. one was that I can't think of in this moment. Peter. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Peter. Yeah, and his blue jacket with the brass buttons, quite new. Okay, the editors did not like the buttons. Back at the very beginning of the movie, they go, Bunnies and jackets with brass buttons. However do you imagine such things? And it's like, what do you mean, how do I imagine? That's what he's wearing. Don't question it. (laughs) And today it's like, with so many like cartoons and animated things, it's like, obviously, a bunny wearing a jacket is nothing. But back then, it's like... This weird idea. Why would a bunny ever wear a jacket? He looks like he's standing like a man. Exactly. What what is happening? And I highly suggest everyone, honestly, read these books. If you're going to pick one, go for Nutkin. (laughs) I I laughed out loud. I I I can't lie. I want to see it. To be honest, I want to read it out loud to Decker. But... (laughs) If we had a Patreon, that would be Patreon content. That for sure. (laughs) But uh, we don't, so you don't get it. But what do you think? Sorry. What do you think? Is it based oh, by SBS? You because never I'm told already me. so certain it's based. <laughs> there were so many okay. things that were okay. Tiny little base things, like it felt. Even though it's not possible, it felt like she had a a role in making this movie herself, Beatrix right. Potter. Like there was so many. The titles of everything was correct. Hilltop Farm, the um names of everyone was the same they kept that all the same you know when they keep all the names the same you can kind of get a feeling that they're confident that no one's going to sue them being like this isn't the truth yeah that's true and also when they change the names they can get away with more legal things right i think that's also how you know it's going to be a not mundane i wouldn't say it's mundane but i just think it's more like a gentle Mm -hmm. story this movie was very gentle it was gentle. I'll be honest. Did you fall little... asleep during it? I didn't. I didn't, but I om- I had to take a nap immediately <laughs> after. <laughs> immediately after. It was so gentle and soothing. It soothed me right to sleep. And that's what I meant to give you after the swimmer. So I'm sorry <laughs> that it's it okay. didn't come until now. But do you have something for it's me? It's okay. I do have something for you. But before we get to that, I want to see pictures of Miss Potter, the real one, <laughs> and Renee Zellberger side by side. Because Renee, I say like I know her, she looked pretty normal. She wasn't too like done up or anything. So I'm interested okay. to see if they were just a natural pair. Or Well, if you want to see that, you can check it out on our Instagram at BasedByasedOrBS. Yes. And... Halston is still coming out, I think. I forget when this uploads in relation to that, but that's on Tuesday if it's still going. <laughs> if it's not, and if not, I'm have a great Tuesday. Yeah, have a great Tuesday <laughs> off. And for next week, yes, we're doing another little thing exciting with the first movie of its kind for our pod. I know oh that God. didn't explain that well. Um, so your movie for next week is going to be the 1995 animated oh. film. Oh. You were about cartoons earlier. Oh. I was like, <laughs> little does she know I'm about to assign her a cartoon. Balto. You took it off my fucking list. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. You can do it, though. I'm happy to watch it. Okay happy to watch I it, it i haven't researched anything about it beyond preliminary things of okay. like would this even be a good topic to do clearly it is so <laughs> i can't wait i thought of it out of the blue the other day and i was like wait a second i think that's yeah. based on a true movie i love that yeah. movie. yeah did you watch it as a kid no oh okay. i don't think i've ever actually watched balto oh okay then it's good that this is yeah. the way because i watched yes, it, it plenty of time yeah, it's good that this is the way. You're right. I was waiting for this. I can't believe it's this far in before we've picked a movie on our, the same list. That's what? Sa- wrong. Before we picked this, the same, a mo- before you've picked a movie or I've picked a movie that's on the other person's oh, like, list. List. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
the Spencer was kind of on my list, but it wasn't officially. I hadn't typed it on the list. It was okay. In my, well, Balto's there, so it's gonna have to go. <laughs> You're gonna have to delete that one, and I'm sorry. That's fine. That'll be next Friday. Love it. You can't wait. Beautiful. I'll see Balto you then. Me up, baby. See you then. Balto me up. <laughs> I also don't mean to do two animal episodes in a row, but this one's going to be different than Cocaine Bear. Far different. (laughs) Vastly different. Okay, bye. Hello, every. <coughs> <coughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome. Sorry. <laughs> Anyone else need to cough in this room? <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs>